Well, good morning to each and every one of you here in Worship Center 2 online. We are just so glad that you're here today. Now, before I get into today's message, and forgive me, I'm losing my voice a little bit, I want to do two things, and I want to ask you two things for you to consider uh, as we go forward as a church over the next couple weeks. The first is this. I've had several uh, first responders, several nurses, several doctors reach out to us, several heads of, of different departments reach out to me asking us to pray for them. Their people are being exhausted. Uh, many of them are slipping into depression. And so Wednesday night, we are having a special night of prayer online. Uh, our people will be coming from different locations, but we're going to ask you to join us on Facebook Live uh, to pray with us. But I also want you to consider to skip dinner uh, Wednesday night as a way of praying and fasting and joining with us uh, to help these single, uh, these, uh, why did I say single moms? I didn't mean to say that, but <laughs> to help these hospitals here in this area. No matter where you stand on this, guys, they need our prayers. That's what they're asking for. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So if you can join me uh, Wednesday night, just on Facebook Live, and then just skip dinner uh, Wednesday night and just kind of set that time aside to pray with us. Starts at 6 p.m. online. I'm sure we'll send out some things to bother you about it in the days ahead. The second thing is this. Uh, we were overwhelmed by the amount of people wanting to support this single mother. Uh, many of them, we just said, we're, we, we've got it. We've got it taken care of. But I want to I ask you this, and I want to say this. Uh, this year, we are doing our end-of-year campaign, our year-end offering, and it is called uh, Moving the Needle. Uh, many of us are on empty. Many people are calling this the dark winter, whatever the case might be. And we're asking every one of you to consider in our, your year-end offering how we can be more involved in our community. In years past, almost every year since this church has existed, we have used that money to help courts go towards paying the building. But what we're going to do this year is we're going to give away almost 90% of it. Okay? We're only keeping a small percentage to do rooted here, but the rest of it is going out to benevolence, helping single moms and people in this area who need financial help. So we're looking to raise $140,000 above and beyond. Last year we did 185 something crazy like that. But I want you to pray. I never want to tell a missionary that we don't have their back. I never want to tell a single mom, no, we can't help you. Um, and I certainly don't want to have to read their mail publicly in order to get them support. So if you help us out, I promise you as one of the pastors here that we will do our best to help every person that writes to our office. My uh, old mentor and pastor growing up used to say this, if you don't give to missions, God's going to send you to become a missionary. So you have one of two choices. You can either move to Siberia Okay, or given this offering. Okay, this is pretty much like Siberia to me. Evansville's cold enough, so I'm going to give in the offering. Okay, I'm not exempt. I'm asking you to do the same thing. And the last thing is normally my wife would hate it if I did this. I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, she's here today uh, right up here sitting up front. We have been married this 
Wednesday or Tuesday, I don't even know, Tuesday night the 8th, I don't know what today is, today's 6th, yes, Tuesday night, will be 19 years we've been married, and uh, I am blessed beyond measure to have my wife, and uh, I'll cry if I start talking about her, I'm not going to do that, so I ain't got time for that, all right, so today we're starting our new series called uh, The Ghost of Christmas Past, okay, many people this time of year uh, is joyful, and you know, when when things are good, you know, you put a magnifying glass on that, and things are good all the way around. And when things are bad, sometimes we go into this season, things are bad, and it magnifies that because we remember holidays and stuff uh, where things aren't so good. And so that's why we're calling this series The Ghost of Christmas Past. And next week, Dave's going to be talking about healing of shame. The week after, Pastor Rick's going to be talking about breaking labels that are on you. And today I'm going to be talking about overcoming offenses. How many of you know somebody who uh, gets offended easily? Okay, how many of you are sitting near a person who gets offended easily and is offended that you are raising your hand? Okay, how many of you, you are the person who gets offended easily? I'm in that category. <laughs> I'm... I'm the guy who gets offended easily. You know, quite honestly, it is easy to get offended, but, uh, you know, let's imagine uh, here, for instance, when you're driving down the road and uh, you let somebody in, you've given them three seconds of your life, you've done the good Christian thing to let them come in, and they don't do the courtesy wave, okay? They don't have the common decency to lift their hand. It's too much pain to wave at you and acknowledge the great thing you just did for them. Or the person that doesn't say thank you when you open the door and you hold it open for them. There have been people that I feel like I've held the door open for six years waiting for them to come in and don't have the common courtesy to say thank you. Or the person you hang out with and is always checking their phone. Okay, They're looking down. Apparently, they've got somewhere better than me than hanging out with you. Okay. Or maybe you're on social media, you know, you have an Instagram and you started following them and they didn't follow you and this is not good, okay? You're like, how dare you? How could you do that? You left a comment, okay, and they didn't comment back, okay? How many of you get offended when somebody comments on your thing? You know, they could be a Somali pirate, you know, they commented on your thing and you feel the need to blast them back, okay? It's easy to get offended, you know, it could be one of those situations. Uh, how many of you are quick texters? Okay, you respond quickly when somebody texts you. Anybody? You know how annoying it is when you text somebody and then you can see the little bubbles and nothing's coming up, like you're sitting there waiting, like super anxious and nothing's coming up, okay? But in today's culture, it feels like if you don't text somebody back in four minutes, it's the end of the world. Okay, I'm that. If you text me, you might get it back in the next day, unless you're a first-time guest. I'll respond like that. Okay, but if you've been around here any length of time, you'll be like, Pastor Drew, you know, I text you. I'll be like, yeah, I know. I was like, I'm just teaching you patience. Okay, or you're going to dinner and, you know, it's a holiday dinner and you're hanging out with folks or having it via Zoom, whatever the case might be, and politics come up. Okay, how to raise your children comes up. Okay, we all have opinions on, you know, you get offended by somebody else, the way they raise their children. They're like, oh, they have little hellions running around here. You know, they destroy my house. I don't like it. Okay, we do get offended easily. 
Or how about the person who comes to the holiday potluck, doesn't bring any food, and leaves with like 50 things of Tupperware? Right? And we all know that person. You're like, how is that humanly possible? You have donated nothing, yet you have taken everything. Okay? You know, if somebody were to comment, you know, you're like, oh, you know, many people will, will say to me, and, and, you know, someone said this morning, it's like, oh, it looks like you're losing weight. That's not true. Okay? That hurts because I'm going the other way. Okay? You know, a lot of times when it's in the Christmas season, we, we get in this mode where it's just like, it doesn't matter what happens. We are just quick to get offended. A time that's supposed to be Christ-honoring, okay, is a time that we're holding things against people. We're destroying relationships of people we're supposed to love. You know, I just mentioned some little annoying things, things that, that, that could drive you nuts. But there's big things, too, that are hard to deal with. You know, you've got people who lie to you, abuse situations, families destroyed, divided, friendships ended. You know, you open a gift with somebody or you give a gift with a closed heart. You know, you're trying to share Christmas. You're trying to celebrate the love of Christ while hating someone who's in the room. Okay, that is not the true meaning of Christmas. Jesus doesn't want you sitting there. I've, I've met people that are like dying and stewing. They're like so wound up, ready to kill at a moment's notice. And everything is in them, and they don't understand what is going on. That's why this Christmas season, I want to talk about overcoming those offenses. If you are sometimes prone to an offense, there's a truth you need to hear and remember every time you feel offended. I'm one of these people. I'm prone to offense. Okay? But here's what I need to learn. This is what you need to hear. Your life is too short and your calling is too big to be offended. Your life is way too short. I don't know if you know this, but I legitimately feel like I was 21 yesterday. I don't look like I was 21 yesterday. I'm nowhere close to being 21 anymore. But I feel like it was just yesterday. I weighed 129 pounds. Okay? I was strapping. Well, actually, I was just like this. But I weighed 129 pounds. I could eat no matter what I wanted. I could eat 20 cheeseburgers and not gain a pound. I smell a cookie. I'll gain 10 pounds right now. So, yes, life is too short, and your calling is too big. In James 4, chapter 14, it says this. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a midst that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Life passes by way too quick. And to carry all this thing around, you're going to let this thing take you down to the grave. All the things you're holding on to, you're going to take with you. We are called to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Do you think that's the way God wants us to represent ourselves, people who carry around everything that is ever told to us? How many of you have ever run into somebody that you got in an argument with, and they had like a list 12 miles long of all the things they were holding against you? You ever had that? You're like, well, when were we going to have that conversation? It feels like we should have had 299 other conversations before today. 
And why? Because they just hold on to it. They keep it inside. They keep bringing it. Okay? A lot of us just need to live like Elsa, the woman from Frozen who lives by herself and runs around. Just let it go. Okay? Let it go. Run around. Don't take all your clothes off. Take the outer layer off. Run around in the snow. Do whatever you got to do. But let it go. You're holding on to things that are going to destroy who you are. Your life is too short and your calling is too big. Here's one of the things you need to understand. Small people hold big grudges. Small people. People who don't serve a big God hold small, you know, offenses and make them this big. All right? In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, it says this, A person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Overlooking an offense is not the same as pretending it didn't happen. There's a big difference. You can overlook an offense. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. Okay? Forgiveness is a decision. You're never going to feel like forgiving the person you need to forgive. It's not going to happen. You're not going to wake up and go, you know what? I should forgive them. And if it happens, it's going to happen in church for about this amount of time. And then it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks the second you walk out and you're like, I'm not doing that. Okay? A couple weeks ago, I shared the word overlook in Hebrew is two words and it means pass over. Rene Descartes says it like this, and it's perfect. Whenever anyone has offended me, I try to raise my soul so high that the offense cannot reach it. Why? Because your life is too short and your calling is too great. It's time to get over it. That's why I have to get over it. That's why you need to get over it. Over it, you need to rise above these things spiritually. With God's help, you can get over these things. It's not something that should go down with you or weigh you down. Now, I want you to repeat this after me, big and, and, and loud so I can hear it. I'm, I'm hard of hearing, okay? With God's help, there we go. I'm getting over this. Excellent, okay? We're going to talk about smaller offenses first, and then we're going to move on to heavy offenses, okay? Things that have affected you for years and generations, all right? I've got one of those, and it's tough. I understand. I've been there. I've walked that road, okay? The first thing we're going to talk about is I'm getting over being easily offended. I'm getting over being easily offended, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, it says this, Always be humble and gentle and patient with each other, making allowance for one another's faults because of your love. Paul told us this, be patient, make allowance for one another. Okay, why does he tell us that? Here's a secret, because we're not perfect. You're going to need somebody else's forgiveness at some point. That's why you can't spend your whole life holding on to everything that someone has done to you. What's interesting is this. We judge others by their actions, and we want ourselves judged by our intentions. We judge other people by what they do, right? We saw it. Oh, no, 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 no. They, oh, they're going to hell. I can assure you. I saw it with my own eyes. You do something hell-worthy. 
And you're like, no, 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 no. Inside me, I have Jesus. He lives in here somewhere. Okay? Uh, uh, several years ago, I don't know what I was thinking, but like when I was 26 or so, I used to play basketball on Sunday nights. And, you know, now I'm just the guy who sits on the court and you have to pass me a ball and I just shoot it. I'm not going to run anywhere. But, you know, when I was 26, I was running up and down the court. I thought, you know, maybe I had a career still. And so there's like a moment in my head where I'm like, okay, I've got a little LeBron James in me. I'm going to jump after the ball that's going out of bounds. I'm going to throw it to one of my partners. He's going to score. We're going to win. I jump, hit the ball, fall on the ball. My shoulder falls on the ground and goes under my pectoral muscle. So it comes out in here. So now, you know, I do what every guy does. You pop right back up. You're like, I'm good. You know, my arm's down here. I'm like, I'm good. And then I start puking because the pain hits me. <laughs> I'm like, not good. And so one of the guys is like, hey, we'll take you to the hospital. Well, the hospital's, you know, just a couple blocks away from the church. And I worked at a big church. And so everybody I knew worked at the hospital. All the nurses and everybody knew me there. And uh, so if you've never had your shoulder dislocated, it's the most archaic thing in the world to put it back. Okay, let me explain. They take a sheet and they tie it around this arm and they pull it this way. Okay, they take another, this is just a bed sheet, a bed sheet around your torso and pull it that way. Okay, so we're doing some real passion of the Christ stuff here. Okay, and it's like pulling me this way, he's going this way, right? And they're like, we're going to give you a drug that's going to make you forget. And the whole time I'm like, I'm remembering, like I'm not forgetting anything. Like I'm like, I'm still here, when do I forget? And so they start pulling and what do I do? Okay, I drop the loudest word, choice word, you have ever heard. I'm like, Father, forgive every one of you for thinking that I would do that. No, I dropped it like it was hot at a level 50. And the nurse goes to our church. She's like, Pastor Gerald, stop, stop. People are, you need to reach people. I'm like, ah, you know. And in that moment, I could have been judged by that moment. Okay, and she'd be like, oh, that's not a Christian. Christians wouldn't do that. Okay, or she can go, you know what? This is rough. This is a tough situation. Okay, and then go back and look at all the other situations. Okay, and go, okay, you know what? He's having a rough day. Someone having a bad day just because they're uncaring, unkind, unfriendly, short, inattentive, maybe they lack empathy. Their bad response isn't about you. I know it's hard to believe, but not everything that happens around you is about you. Okay, just because it happened to you didn't mean it was about you. Sometimes you're getting the excess of a bad day to somebody else. I'll give you another example. Um, I do a lot of counseling, and so I was going to church, and uh, we were doing some, uh, you know, back where I was from, you had to merge on to get there. And in Florida, you put on your blinker, and that's a sign of weakness, so you don't do that. Okay, you just merge. You show somebody you mean business. Okay, so you just, so I did that. I merged. And I cut this woman off, and she let me know. Um, she gave me several, you know, symbolic hand gestures, and then drove up next to me and berated me. I couldn't hear what she was saying, but I could certainly read her lips. It wasn't good. I was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that, you know, but I, I kind of did, so I just drove to church. I get there. My admin's like, oh, your appointment's running a few minutes late. You can sit down. So I said, I was like, what are we dealing with? She's like, well, this woman says her son has an anger problem. 
Well, she steps in. What's well, the woman who's flicking me off? Okay. She walks in and she's like, oh. And she's like, I am so sorry. I was like, well, I know he gets his anger problem from. Okay. I was like, I'm sorry I didn't help either, but you really should have slowed down and let me in. Okay. Whenever somebody is being short with you, you need to be slow to react and quick to understand what's happening. Make sure that life just didn't hit them that way. Okay, life happens to people. You don't have to be so offended when life happens to other people and you happen to be there. So you have to ask yourself, instead of getting offended, I wonder why they're hurting. wonder why they're going through that. It's not all about you. Have compassion in the moment, man. Life's too short. Okay, when people tend to yell at me, sometimes I've just got a face to be yelled at, apparently. Okay, some people are like, I'm just, you know what, Pastor, I'm just going to tell you like I feel it. I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Okay, and they just let me have it like I was there. I'm like, wow, that was intense. I wouldn't do that again. But you have to understand, people are coming in, and it's not about you, and your life is too short, and your calling is too great to be offended. So we're dealing with that. Number one, uh, I'm getting over being easily offended. Number two, I'm getting over big offenses. Now, look, I want you to know, I understand there are some big hurts. There are big abuse issues, molestation, okay? You can be mistreated, divorced, all right? You can be betrayed, lied to, whatever the case might be. It is tough to get over, okay? I have been in a situation, I don't have time to go through it, but trust me, I can go toe-to-toe with you on any rough situation, in life. I went through it for almost nine years. It was not easy. Okay. And in Colossians chapter three, verse 13, it says this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone. Doesn't say exceptions. It doesn't say if they really did you wrong, it says anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must, that's hard. You must forgive others. You know, we can handle this one of two ways. We can rehearse these things where we play it over and over and over and over again, and we just become more and more bitter as time goes on. You get more and more angry because you replay the situation over and over, or you can learn to release it with God's help and start releasing it little by little by little, letting it go, going, you know what? It doesn't have power over me. I'm not going to live that way. How can I do that? How can I love someone who abused me? How can I forgive someone who lied to me? How can I, you know, trust somebody who treated or betrayed or hurt somebody you loved? All of those, and I want you to hear me very clearly, all of those are opportunities for forgiveness. That doesn't mean you forget and go back into trusting. Okay, I wouldn't go, well, you just forgive that person and you trust them again. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't go to bed every night worried about someone who isn't worried about you. The person often who has hurt you doesn't care that you worry about it all the time. So the best thing you can do is turn it over to God, allow him to continue to use you and overlook those situations. Get over it. Start moving past it. I had an opportunity to sit down with somebody and go, you know what? I forgive you. 
I need to get over this. I can't go around worried about this all the time. And you know what? It changed my life. It radically changed my life in the view of how God looks at me. I love what T.D. Jake says, and I love listening to him. And it says this, when you hold on to your history, you do so at the expense of your destiny. When you hold on to your history, you do so at the expense of your destiny. Think about that for a second. You only have so much bandwidth in life. You only have so much strength. You can't carry the world with you. you got to let some things go. And go, I'm not going to give that thing any more thought. I'm not going to give that thing any more of my time. If it's weighing you down, forgive it and move forward. Get over that offense. You're like, you don't understand. I do understand. And I'm telling you to do it anyway. Why? Because your life is too short to take that down with you. You're going to realize, I've never done a funeral where somebody said, I wish I had held on to that offense longer. I wish I had just a few more days to hold it over their head. Every funeral I've done, I wish I had repaired whatever. And I'm going, why would you wait till that moment to live free? Whenever, whenever anyone has offended me, I try to raise my soul so high that the offense cannot reach it. Man, that what Rene Descartes said there was just amazing. It's been holding you back for too long. I'm getting over it. I'm not rehearsing it. I'm releasing it and getting over it. In Genesis chapter 37, there's a story there, and it goes on for almost 13 chapters, so I'm not going to read it to you because we'll be here all night. I read very slow. And it's the story of Joseph. Joseph is a young man, and he has a dream, and he gets very excited about his dream, goes to the dinner table that night, tells you know his brothers, hey, this is what God told me in the dream. Basically, in the dream, he's going to become the highest thing, and everybody's going to worship him. His brothers get offended by what they hear and decide to throw him in a pit. They're like, let's take him outside far away and throw him in a pit. We'll tell Dad he got eaten by lions. Okay, well, on their way out, they throw him in the pit. They're feeling regret. They're like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. That's a bad idea. So instead of leaving him in the pit and starving to death, we'll just sell him as a slave. So they do that. They sell him as a slave, and he ends up in the house of Potiphar. While he's there, he's still a man of integrity. He's still a good guy. He's doing everything that he's asked. He's kind of moving on in life. And after several years, he's in charge of the whole house of Potiphar. Potiphar's wife makes an advance, and he turns it down. She lies about him. He gets thrown in jail. His life's going really good at this point. While he's in jail, you know, he's working his way up. He's being good. They make him in charge of the inmates, you know, but he's still in jail. And while he's in there, he can interpret dreams, and he tells this guy about a dream. The guy says he knows the dream, so he lies and tells Pharaoh one thing, then Pharaoh finds out another time that he needs another dream. They say, hey, the guy who really knows the dream is still in prison. He comes out of prison, tells Pharaoh the dream, and basically the dream is, hey, for seven years there's going to be plenty, and then there's going to be seven years of famine. You need to store up everything you have for the seven years of famine. So Pharaoh really likes what he says, makes him second in charge of everything, stores up everything, and now there's famine in the entire region. So his brothers, many years later, are living still in their home. 
and are hungry. They've got no food left. And so they decide they're going to have to go to Egypt. And when they get to Egypt, they have to sit before a new ruler who they don't recognize. And he's there, and all of a sudden, Joseph is now looking at his brothers begging for food. And as he hears their story, he has a moment there where he can relive, rehearse what he's doing, or begin the process of releasing. And you see a struggle happen in his own heart. And this is what happens in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 and 20. It says this, But Joseph said to them, because there's a moment there where he breaks. He breaks, and he tells them, I'm Joseph, I'm your brother. And they're like, oh, he's going to kill us. We've been brought all this way for God to kill us. And here's what Joseph says. He says, but Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Do you know how hard you have to go on your journey to get to that point? For your family to cast you out, to throw you, to sell you, to get another father figure like Potiphar, to betray you, to throw you in prison. All of these things, not by your own doing, just because you want to follow God. And he's going to turn it around for your good. And he has the opportunity. He could have easily said, kill them, and they would have killed him. No questions asked. Everybody would have agreed with him. But he chose not to rehearse it, but to release it. And by reminding him that God inside of him was bigger than the offense in front of him. The God inside of you is bigger than the offense you are facing. Joseph says this, what you meant for evil, God used for good. With God's help, you can get over this. I can get over this. What used to hold me back will make me stronger. What used to hurt me in my past changed me to be more like Jesus. What weighed me down for years no longer has a hold on me. I'm over it. Forgiving doesn't excuse what they did. Forgiveness frees you. And remember this, above all else, your life is too short and you're calling too big to live this way. To live pushed down not knowing what God wants you to do. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, if you're here in person or online, please just bow your heads and close your eyes with us. If you'd say to me this morning, Darrell, that's me. I've been rehearsing something. I've been holding on to something, and it's been weighing me down. And today I want to make a declaration. I want to make that choice to let it go, to get over it. If that's you this morning, will you raise your hand real quick so I can pray with you? You can put it up and put it right back down. Raise your hand right now if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put it right back down. Online, just right on there. I need prayer. Worship Center 2, thank you. Everybody within the sound of my voice, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Come on, pray with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, 
I need your help. Today, I choose to forgive and to let go the things holding me down. Jesus, I put my trust in you that you will turn all this around for my good. Jesus, today, my heart is open. My actions are willing to forgive. And I choose to do that today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.